so much musical talent this morning. Emma and the choir, and we have Lori to come. Our scripture reading this morning, it is printed in our in your bulletin, but uh, feel free, you can read along, but fair warning, I will be interrupting you along the way. Um, it does come from the first chapter of Luke, um, verses 5 through 13, and then again 57 through 66. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly order of Abahai. So this tells us right away that Zechariah was a leader there in his church. His wife was a descendant of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. So there is your backdrop. We have two outstanding citizens, very good people, but they had no children. Because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once when Zechariah was serving as a priest before God, and his section was on duty, their sections were only pretty much called to duty about twice a year. So this isn't a very frequent thing that he got to serve in. But as his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot Again, these tossing of the dice, chances, that's how you decided. They decided what you would be doing that day. His job? Incense. So according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and to offer incense. Now, just so that you were all on the same page, when he goes back to offer incense, it's kind of up. And through a small entrance like this, but it's not open. There are curtains. He's back here at a table all by himself. When Zechariah... Oh, I skipped a verse. Now, at the time of his incense offering, the whole assembly of the people were praying outside in the tabernacle. Then... There appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Now, this might not strike you as anything extra, but there'll be times you'll read in the Bible, an angel appeared, an angel. And then there's certain times where it will say an angel of the Lord appeared. Angels of the Lord, they're respected, there is more reverence. And not only did this angel get the angel of the Lord, but then was told he was on the right side of the table. That's another thing that you'll notice different parts throughout the Bible, things being placed on the right side, Jesus sitting on the right side of God. That's another one of those things that's letting us know this angel is not only someone of high reverence directly from God, but this is a very respected and high, high angel. This is letting us know this is special. Pay attention. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and the fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. 
Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. Now on to verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. I imagine them bringing over casseroles and diapers or something. They were rejoicing with her. This was very good. This is very nice of them. This is what we do when there's a birth. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. This, this is very normal. On the eighth day after the child's born, this is when the child is presented to everyone with the child's name, formally presented to all the townspeople, all the neighbors. Everyone would come through. Everyone would bear witness to the circumcision. I know that's terrifying to some of you children, but this is what happened. This was their custom, their traditions. <laughs> Don's saying it would be terrifying to him too. And so, but this was, this was the norm. And it was very normal in that day for people to be named after their grandfathers was actually the most common. And after their fathers was the second most common. But whatever you named your child, it was always something that, some name that came from your family. You didn't veer outside, you always stuck with that. You knew your lineage. You knew where you came from. You knew the stories that were handed down, who you are. But his mother said no. He is to be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives have this name. I really should say that in the Greek here, I, the no really needs an exclamation point. This is an emphatic no, not just a casual no. This needs the exclamation point. She is yelling at the people right here. No, he is to be called John. And what do they do? They go and ask the father. It's, it's that time, that time period. Um, then the townspeople began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. But Zechariah asked for a writing tablet and wrote, John is his name. I know in yours it says his name is John, but if you're writing in Greek, the first word you would write in that sentence would be John. John is his name. And all of them were amazed. To us, that doesn't seem that amazing. But because of their traditions, to name a child something that did not come from your family, from your lineage... It was pretty scandalous. That seems we're laughing, but it was for that time. Everyone was shocked. Zachariah and Elizabeth are outstanding people. 
They've done everything right in their life according to the law. God is blessing them with this child, and they're not even going to give him a traditional family name. Immediately, Zechariah's mouth was opened and his tongue was freed, and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all the neighbors, and all of these people talked throughout the entire country hillside of Judea. All who heard them pondered and said, What then will this child become? For indeed the hand of the Lord was with them. This, this was the town gossip. First, this old barren couple that I imagine people at least knew of that they didn't know had conceived a child and then gave birth to the child and didn't even care to share the lineage, the history, by naming him a traditional family name. The name John means Yahweh is gracious. God is gracious. So the hillsides of Judea are now asking themselves, what does the future hold for this child? What will he become to deserve such a name? What gracious act will God bestow through this child? That's a huge question for such a small child to bear, growing up with. This whole region is asking about this child. In a society where names mean a lot, and your name defines you and where you're from, your lineage, your destiny, The great part of this story is that it's from the most unlikely of people that this child has been born. A child who was given to them by God. A child who was named by God. And because of that name's meaning alone, people are beginning to get excited. People are dreaming. People are hoping what is this child to bring? And because of this child coming into this world, a prophecy has been fulfilled. One has come to prepare the way for the coming Savior. I know this time of year we often get caught up in our traditions. We have some great traditions. We went over a lot of those when we did our Hanging of the Greens if you recall, some of our traditions dated back for centuries. Some of our traditions for a few decades, and some even as most recent as last year, our little people. We have lots of traditions, though. And some of those that we even hold the most dear might seem silly. Like the name seems silly to us that everyone is talking about. Christmas morning, we give and receive gifts. Not too silly. We have our meaning behind that. 
New Year's Eve comes and we count down to the new year. We sing all lang syne, even though half of us probably don't know quite what it means. We kiss the one we're beside. February 2nd, we wait for a groundhog to come out from its hole in the ground, and then we watch to see if it sees its own shadow, and if so, if it scares it. On the first day of April, we play pranks and jokes on each other and then just yell, April Fools, and it's all okay. October 31st each year, we dress our kids up in weird and fun costumes and then send them over to our neighbor's house to ask for candy. (laughs) Each Thanksgiving, the President of the United States pardons a turkey so that it no longer finds its way into an oven or onto a table. The day after Thanksgiving, stores all around us run huge sales and people will line up in front of those stores that have been there (laughs) and plow people over just to get the best deal possible. For one month out of the year, Some of us put large colored bulbs outside hanging from our home just so that somebody that passes by might smile in happiness. We have traditions that sometimes seem odd. In our story today, we have a lot going on in this tiny birth narrative. We have an older couple finally becoming parents. We have an angel of the Lord appearing. We have a couple breaking tradition, which upsets a whole region. All because they allowed God to name their child. But ultimately, ultimately in this story, we see God fulfilling a promise to send one to prepare the way for the Savior. John comes into this world before Jesus. John comes into this world about three months before Jesus arrives to prepare a way for Jesus. That's the gracious act that this child bestows. That that is what he brings. Every church, every family, every town has their own traditions. And each of those has dealt with changing traditions over time. New family members are added by marriage or birth. Some family members pass on. Some of us move homes. Some of us are blending families. Some of us are empty nesters for the first time. We change traditions, we create new ones. And just as it was with Zachariah and Elizabeth, it's both scary and exciting all at the same time. Listen to what God is calling us to do and to dream about. And remember, God is fulfilling the promises that God made. I pray that we all know when breaking with tradition is necessary to birth new hope into our world. 
What gracious act will God bestow in your life? Amen.